What do you want to talk about? What should we call the podcast oh name? God. I don't know. Um, I don't this know. may not be the best conversation for... That's a... like the hardest. I'm so bad with okay. naming things, though. What is your opinion on... Um, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it, but the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Um, I liked it. It's a Marvel movie. It's okay when you, when you say cutter. it's a Marvel movie. I feel like that's becoming this common term. This it's becoming like a stereotype. So what when you say a Marvel movie, what does that mean? Um, and you say when you say it like that, it's a Marvel movie. They're all very much the same. Um. Because they're helmed by Disney. Disney knows what makes them money and knows what they want. So it doesn't matter what director you get for any of these movies. It can be the best director in the world. They still have to take the studio's notes and studio's opinions as the gospel truth kind of thing. So the director can be like, I want to do this really cool, like interesting thing, like risky kind of story with Spider-Man. And Disney will come back and say, no, like you, I, we don't want you to do that. We want you to do this kind of thing. So that's when I say like it's a Marvel movie, I'm meaning that it's produced and created through Disney. So it's not a very creative, very like risky, like, um, like epitome of storytelling type movie. I think that it's a, it's a superhero movie. It's, there's an issue they solve the issue, the superhero's put in a some kind of disposition where he's injured yeah. or unknowledged, and then he overcomes it, and we're good to go. Kind I of feel things. like it's like a pack of Starburst minis. It's it's delicious, it's great. It's not great for you. Yeah. I mean, you don't leave the theater being like, wow, I'm really glad I had all those Starbursts. And you don't really, th next day you're kind of like, I mean, was that really worth it? So it does, I don't know, to me, like, I watch a book, like, uh, a book, I, I watch a movie, like, uh, The Green Book, yeah. with Viggo Mortensen, and, you know, I, th I think about the quality of the acting, and the, the writing, and the sensitivities, and the feelings that you have, like, to me, spoiler alert, when, you know, Endgame ended, and Robert Downey Jr. died, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Robert Downey Jr. as an actor, but... I had no, like, feelings or so attachment to, to him as a character. And, and keep in mind that people have been building a relationship with him for a decade. But I didn't feel ha anything compared to watching one two-hour movie in the Green Book or, or uh, I'm trying to think of other movies that have made me ball, <laughs> uh, you know, that really, yeah. like So to me, it's just, they're just... They're all smoke and mirrors, and there's really no substance. Uh, when you, at least when you look at it, to me from, sort of a storytelling emotional aspect. Yeah, and I agree. From a storytelling aspect, it's not the greatest. What I like about them is, the like, ode to the comics. Cause like I read the comics growing up, and like read them as an adult, and, like seeing like Mysterio's take in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it's like, like. I know this character. I know that he is 
a bad guy and that he uses like holograms and illusions to like trick people in thinking that he is this like mm-hmm. mystical powerhouse kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I was really curious to know how Marvel was going to do that. And like when in the trailers and stuff, when he was shooting out the green mist from his hands and stuff like that, I was like, Oh man, I really hope that he's not actually like a user of the mystic arts. He's just a bad guy with it. I was like, Oh, I really hope they don't do that because like that would completely ruin what the character is. And so I'm really glad that they didn't and that they went the hologram route and like, we're like, this is all fake. And I'm like, I thought that was really cool. The part about that that I didn't really like was the, oh, Tony Stark, like, was this big bad guy, and he fired all of us, and he's this horrible, like, he took credit for all these things, and it's like, like, the movie was very, very, very heavy on the fact that Tony Stark had passed. Like, it was super heavy on that. It was like, it was, I felt like it was a lot less about Spider-Man, and it was more about Avengers, Tony Stark and the Avengers. So like mm-hmm. that, that part made me a little sad where it was like, I feel like Spider-Man didn't have that big moment of mm-hmm. like, I am, I am Spider-Man. Like I'm not Tony Stark. I'm not Iron Man. I'm Spider-Man kind of thing. And that sucks. Cause I like Spider-Man. I, I, I mean, I have a few comments there. I, 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 I could say more on, on that, I suppose. Um, uh, I guess one of the things I really liked about the movie and which continues to impress me obviously is you know some of the CGI animation and just in terms of like being able to go to London and sort of destroy the Tower Bridge and you know really you know do some things other times it's obviously clearly fake but I think like um, that's amazing but you're right I think the dependency that some of these movies now have on other movies is becoming a bit of an issue for me where, you know, I agree. Like I want to see Spider-Man sort of independently, but now it's like all of a sudden Spider-Man is becoming the next Tony Stark. And I, I don't see that as, Oh, this is such a cool evolution of the character. I see this as, okay, who's going to, who's going to bear the weight of the Marvel franchise for the next 10 years. And what's going to make us the most money. Like, to me, it's a purely franchise financial situation than like creative, uh, uh, artful situation. And so that, that bugs me. And that means like, I feel like, which is why I don't really want to go to Marvel movies in general anymore. Um, uh, and the only reason I went to it was because, you know, it was the only, I wanted to go to a movie on my birthday and I didn't want to see a movie that I could rent. Like I wanted it to be more of a cinematic experience. But the reason I don't want to go to the movies is because, because of the the, pardon my French, the the dang, uh, end reel, you know the the little the the preview at the very end because it just strings me along and I have to basically buy into this franchise and I don't, to me, it's not, um, like I don't think when when George Lucas was making the first three Star Wars that he was thinking, I want to make money and franchise out this. He just wants to extend the story organically after the success of the first one, and then there's backstory. To me, like, it's just becoming more of a, a financial power move than it is, like, a creative artful. I could get into Star Wars beyond any other Marvel movie that I could think of, so I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> um, I agree. I'm like, like, I think it's too dependent. And even the, like, end credit scenes, spoilers is like 
Like, one of them, I loved. I love the fact that they brought J. Jonah Jameson in, and it was whatever his name is from the original three, the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I love the fact mm. that that's who it was at the Daily Bugle. Like, that made me so happy. Never mind that, like, oh, Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Like, that, like, drop of, like, putting out who mm-hmm. he is to the world. Like, that's mm-hmm. not what caught me. What caught me was the fact that they brought that actor back. Because, mm-hmm. like... That was something that every fan <laughs> wanted, so I'm just so happy that it actually mm-hmm. happened. So, like, good job, Marvel and Disney, for, like, kind of listening a little bit to yeah. that kind of thing. I, but It is funny you say that, because, I, I mean, I haven't seen those movies. Like, I... Well, actually, I saw... I It was on TV, um, the original... Like, yeah, the original Spider-Man was with Tobey Maguire, and I was just curious as to, you know, what, yeah, what that was like... Because that was made in... 2000. 2000. Like, so, like that. It was a long yeah, time ago. So A, to look at... For, for a couple of reasons. A, to look at the how the effects... Like, what the effects were like then. <laughs> I just remember seeing Green Goblin flying and how <laughs> terrible it is. But at the same time, thinking, like, okay, that was cutting edge at the time. And then also looking at the acting. I'm a big fan of, you know, Franco and Defoe. And, and actually looking at Tobey Maguire and being like, he was actually... I remember thinking, why? Like, he's such a... It's a weird a, a weak, choice. A weak, yeah. But you know what? Like, that's Peter Parker. This nerdy, quiet, introverted. And then to be able to channel this anger and this fear. And, you know, I think, like, he was I was, he was actually a very good choice. And yeah. anyway, so it made me think when you talked about J.K. Simmons, and he's a great actor, too. Thank you, J. So to be able to come, to be able to sort of have an ode to that. And I, because I think that, you know, when you, when people make these remakes, you think, oh, the first ones weren't good. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I think that is true. It sort of leads us into The Lion King. Oh, God. Let's not get into that one. <laughs> I kind of want to, though. <laughs> okay, but, like, like so talking on, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and stuff like that, like, he made an amazing Peter Parker. He was nerdy. He was weird. He was awkward. Like, socially awkward. He was fantastic. His Peter Parker was, like, the best. And then, but his Spider-Man was, like, I hated his, like, Spider-Man character. Because Spider-Man's supposed to be this, like, like, can't stop talking, super sarcastic, almost like a Deadpool but family channel rated kind of like feel to him. And his Spider-Man just wasn't that. He kept taking his mask off where that's one of the things for Peter Parker is like, he's like, no one can know who I am. Like, that's his big thing in the comics. And like, taking his mask off is like the end of everything for him. But Tobey Maguire Spider-Man just, like, ripped his mask off every five seconds in, like, the second movie, and it was really annoying. Um, and, like, the, it's funny that you mentioned, like, the visual effects and stuff like that, where, like, they weren't that good, and there's the one scene that always sticks out in my mind where Mary Jane is, like, hugging him, and he's swinging through the city, and it's, like, a close-up of Mary Jane's face and, like, the shoulder of Spider-Man, and that is a completely fake person. It's not an actual human they put like the costume on a mannequin and told her to hug it and that was what yeah. it was and i'm just yeah. like this is ridiculous so it's really well, funny actually it's funny because at the end of of the end of uh uh spoiler alert but the end of far from home um zendaya 
uh, is swinging. And yeah. she actually explained that in an interview with uh, Stephen Colbert. And they actually had originally, they hung, they suspended them from like mm-hmm. whatever, 30 feet above the ground and had them sort of reacting. But then they needed to redo it or whatever for some other reason. And they, so they, but, so they re- reshot it, but they did it like, they still suspended it. It was like a foot of, across above the ground. And that was the one they ended up using. Mm-hmm. But they actually did, uh, to me, it was a great, I, I thought Zendaya's reactions were Other very, people. yeah, authentic in that, yeah. like, I, like, they could have very realistically been super high up, super high up and yeah. sort of more expressive of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, obviously it's come a long way, the and, graphics. And that whole scene in Far From Home of them swinging through the city was super iconic for Spider-Man fans because that was the first time we saw him just swinging through mm. New York. That yeah. was the first time that he was just like, I'm just going to swing for fun. And yeah. like, cause like in the Sam Raimi, like the original Spider-Man movies, like he did that all the time. And like, it was like, well, this is super cool. Then in the amazing Spider-Man films with like Andrew Garfield, which were interesting, like <laughs> he swung through the city. Like that was his thing. And even in like the, the cartoon, the Spider-Man, like, um, Spider-Verse animated film, like, one of the big things was him swinging through the city, like, at the end. And we hadn't seen that yet in um, the new Spider-Man ones. And so, like, to see that was, like, a finally. We finally get Spider-Man just, like, chilling, swinging, like, the normal Spider-Man that mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. So I like that they kind of started going back to the old school Spider-Man. And it's not, like, at the end of the movie, so yeah, I don't know. like no, that, actually, that I thought about, really, really. Refreshing. I thought about that too, and I kind of it was it was refreshing in that it's like, yeah, this is Spider Man is this is what it's about, you know. Yeah. Him. It's not a Tony Stark Marvel yeah. Avengers, movie, yeah, world like, global affairs sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of a friendly neighborhood, but you know that will change. Of course it will. So, um, which again, what how, what what was the 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 transition into Lion King? Because, oh, oh the, a, the redo. The redo, yeah. The redo, which I don't think is being redone because the original was bad. That's obviously not the case at well, all. Walt Disney said, like, he put it in his, like, dying words kind of thing that he wanted the movies redone every 10 years. He said that? Yeah. See, that's, okay. That was, like, a thing that was, like... That kind of changes perspective a little bit, just in terms of... But at the same time... You know, time's all relative, and you know we're two thousand twenty, and you know, I, to me, I think the biggest, the one of the biggest things for me is that, the Lion King. I mean, it came out in ninety four, ninety five, ninety six, somewhere around there, midnight. So I was, a, I was a kid, um, but it was so. It is. It's still such. Um, I mean, you think of. I mean, I love. <clears throat> I love the cartoon animation just in general. I think mm-hmm. the when I think of the artistry that went into that and just the you know frame by frame drawings and things like that. A that's cool. And they revolutionized how animation was done. Yeah. Like Disney, like that was great. But also the fact that like you know the obviously the soundtrack is, you know, banger after banger really of with amazing like Elton like John. Elton John. Elton John's amazing. It, you know. and, and then also the 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 story, um, and 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 not and not just her, but again then the actors playing the parts like it became this um, uh, iconic. It's an iconic film. So to me, it is way too premature 100%. to be trying to fill to be trying to 
were in essentially repl- in, in a way replace for the new generation. When I think of like Nathan Lane playing Timon, you know, and just the voices and the people and uh, and uh, and just it's too been, it's too soon. And he's it's too soon. By Seth Rogen. Yeah, and it's like and it's, <sighs> it's terrible. <laughs> to be honest, I, it's terrible. I don't like uh, I, Simba's voice. I don't they, like Dan no. There, I okay. There's another thing I watched on Kimmel. Donald Glover was on there. With the Lion King. Yeah, he's wearing I watched that yesterday. And they show a clip yeah. of, of the scene where... Ain't nowhere you Yeah, yeah. And I was Did like... Did you hear the, the singing? I was it, like... It was horrible. <laughs> I was like, oh no. It was awful. Yeah. It was so... It was honestly so bad and it made me... I'm, a, I'm already from the beginning being like... Like, okay, there's a bit of a me that's like, oh, this is kind of interesting. But the more I've been, I've seen of it, it was kind of like for me when I watched The Jungle Book, mm. where to me, like when I think of, I think of it's very 2D and Mowgli's like yeah. walking with the animals, you know, across the screen through the forest and just the, his gangly limbs and just each blue and the characters, they're so, they're so iconic to me. So to see them as more as real was it's just like hard, it's yeah. they're not cartoon and so it, the story became it was boring yeah. it was boring boring and who cares if you have like um uh, um what's oh man i can't think of it now what's his name uh this is an obvious one bill murray, Jay, bill, murray. Oh, bill murray <laughs> can't believe i forgot that but bill murray playing blue it's just to me, they're riding on celebrity. They're riding on Beyonce. CGI. What's that? Beyonce. <laughs> they're they're riding on celebrity. They're riding, you know, Seth Rogen. They're they're riding on CGI, to bring something to it, it, to do something for the sake of doing it to make to make money. Yeah. To me, it's a whole. It doesn't like from an art and a cultural standpoint. To me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I kind of get. I get it where Disney's kind of like, oh, Walt Disney said to do it, like, redo it, like, we have to honor him, and I kind of get the whole, like, we need to do it for the new generation, but, like, it's a, like, they don't have, like, pop culture references in those movies that people wouldn't understand, so the cartoons are timeless, like, cartoon animation Mm. has not, Mm. like, taken leaps and bounds, like, in Mm -hmm. any technical aspect, like, now everything's like 3D, 3D models and like that kind of thing, which like isn't that hand-drawn kind of thing, but people still appreciate the hand-drawn, like Hayao Miyazaki's work with like Spirited Away and like all those kinds of things. Like those are still like, oh my God, these are amazing. So like there hasn't been any like huge leaps and bounds in that technology. So to redo a timeless movie for the new generation using this idea of we want everything to be as real looking as possible. And like... Like, I mentioned to you, I can't remember the other day where, like, I was, like, I was excited for it. But I was just excited because, like, I grew up with that movie. So I was, like, excited to mm-hmm. see, like, a new reiteration of You're gonna it. You're going to be let down. But, like, I, and I, and I, I hadn't even watched trailers. I watched the teaser trailer. I hadn't watched anything until I watched the thing yesterday on Kimmel with Daniel Glover. And I was, like, oh, no. And, like, I got, like, instantly disappointed. Yeah. And, like, it really sucked because, yeah. like. Pumbaa this- is not funny and cute. He's ugly. Yeah, I know. And I mean, like, I get, I get that. That's what a real warthog or whatever is gonna look like. But that's the okay. That's like one of the uh, biggest things for me is like a technical aspect. It's like, hey, we're gonna make a yeah, real live yeah. action version of this movie, and it's all fake. And like, if they yeah. have 
real world aspects in it mm -hmm. because they have made a CG world and they have CG characters. It's kind of the opposite that you want to do with visual effects. Typically yeah. is you want to have like, typically you want to have as much practical elements as possible. Then you use visual effects to enhance it where they're doing. And like, if you have yeah. all visual effects and no practical elements, it looks fake. And they're doing literally the exact opposite where they have all visual effects yeah. And if they have, like, very minute little, like, maybe a plant or something is, like, like they filmed, like, something, like, in an actual, yeah. like, little plant area, whatever, so they have, like, that real-world aspect, that's going to pull you out of their CG world that they created because they're trying to implement yeah. a real thing. Yeah. And the animals talk and their mouths move. I know. I, I know. It. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Tasmanian Devil. Um, you know, if you actually, like, if you look at the Tasmanian Devil... If they made the Tasmanian Devil look like a real Tasmanian Devil, you can Google it. It wouldn't be the Tasmanian Devil. No, it wouldn't work at all. No, they're not. They don't look like that at all. Um, but they've exaggerated some of the some of the feature uh, features of a Tasmanian Devil to make him this funny, you know, kind of just just yeah this this uh, this funny, comical, cartoon. Mm -hmm. Um. And so what they've, to me, is they're, they're, they're stepping back, even though, you know, whatever, the CGI and the tech, again, smoke and mirrors, even though the magic is amazing, the, the, the fact that, like, they're stripping away, um, za you know, Zazu's, uh, color, color and, and, and funny nature, yeah. and Pumbaa, his over, you know, his oversight and like shorter tusks yeah. and stuff like and that Simba and Simba and the, I mean baby baby lions no matter what whether they're real or fake are gonna be cute but oh but and like his fur know. does look awesome like the CG animation that they mm -hmm. did for his fur like hair fur is like the hardest thing to yeah. CG <clears throat> and it does look really really good so I'm curious to see more of it but. and that's and you're right like there are those things but to me and, and again it totally comes down to preference I you know, for a long time, we, we kind of spoke on this previously, but for a long time, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, Pixar movies for a while, uh, you know, it, it didn't necessarily do it for me unless it was like a funny, cool, good story. And now I'm starting to appreciate the animation that goes into, you know, like mm. The Incredibles isn't necessarily my favorite series, but like watching Incredibles 2 and just looking at it from a visual standpoint mm. and a photographic or whatever you want to call animated standpoint, I'm like, there's some crazy stuff going into these productions that, you know, is worth acknowledging mm -hmm. and is worth saying like, like, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> no pun yeah. intended. It's true. Yeah, no kidding. But, like, and it's true. Like, with The Lion King, I'm a little... I'm uncertain on how to feel with a lot of it. Just due to story, I, I'm kind of afraid that they're going to kind of pull an Aladdin, where I thought Aladdin was super, super good. But I also kind of thought that they missed a lot of very key beats in the story when they were doing Aladdin, they added a mm. lot of things that were really mm -hmm. unnecessary to the actual story. Like, mm -hmm. if they wanted to remake the cartoon, they should have remade the cartoon, and it would have been great. I'm sure that for people who don't remember it, and, like, some of my friends even said this, too, like, they hadn't seen it, or they just couldn't remember it, like, for Aladdin, that they loved the movie. But for me, who knows the cartoon, and I could almost, like, recite the cartoon, like, by heart, like, mm -hmm. 
it pulled me out of mm -hmm. it and it made me go, ah, oh, mm -hmm. that sucks yep. kind of thing. So regardless of visual effects, but getting back to Spider-Man, the visual effects in Far From Home were awesome. I really, really yeah. liked the holographic, like that, that fake kind of inception world that Mysterio mm -hmm. made. Like mm -hmm. I thought they did a really cool job. I thought it looked fantastic. Minus I hate Spider-Man suit because it looks way too soft and it would never look like that. But anyways. Yeah, I'd love to have a Spidey suit. But, um, let, I mean, let's look at Aladdin there for a second. Uh, I, I mean, sa same, same exact thing for Aladdin for me. When, when, when it's not that old and you put an amazing, like Robin Williams being the genie, you put that amazing iconic character who, yeah, he, he is, he is gone and, you know. Uh, rest his soul like he you know he's a le he's a legend now and but at the same time like he's still very relevant in the sense of his stuff is still very current and so it was again to me I get it that they're the other aspect is I get it that they're you know okay these are all these cartoon movies um you know which at the time you know I'm you know cartoon I don't remember but cartoons were becoming color and you know it was like cgi or 3d animation is be is the next you know color cartoon it's the next sort of thing so but i guess step in yeah it. so i don't know i guess for me and maybe i'm old school and i turned 31 the other day and i'm you know it's just me being old um but to me, but at, at the same time, it just seems like I, I could have understood this in in 50 years or something like give it a half a century. But I don't know the like I said, time's relevant. And the, the you know, it just seems like the 20 years is like, it sounds like a lot of time, but 20 years doesn't feel like a lot of time when I look back and I experience Aladdin and stuff like that. And I just think, again, part of the you know what I would rather see? I'm thinking I'm mixing two things. I would rather see uh, Aladdin be done as like a Pixar movie. Yeah. You know? I don't know if that would be too similar. Maybe. It might like be. Like redone animation. Yeah, like redone animation. Enhanced. Or yeah, I don't know. Like that might be too yeah, similar. Um, but I think that exploration actually would have been a better step to take than doing the real stuff yeah maybe just in terms of like progression but again you're filling the void with and maybe it's using the same voices maybe it's recreating it sort of the same but just 3d animation yeah. and so, anyway the point is is like i just feel like it's a little premature i feel like it's not gonna leave people feeling the same way i don't think the the three i don't think the live action aladdin's and the live action uh, Cinderella's and live action whatever are gonna be things that people necessarily go to over and over again like they do the Disney VHS's you know I think that it like for like my generation who like grew up when these movies were coming out like going to the movie theaters when these movies were coming out and like all those things I think that they're it's going to pull on the nostalgic heartstring kind mm -hmm. of thing. And it's just mm -hmm. kind of kind of be like, man, I'm going to go see this movie because I grew up watching it. Oh, for it. sure. And, like, we're going to go see yeah. it. And, like, a yeah. lot of, like, my friends and stuff, like, have kids. So we're going to bring our kids to it. 
But then it's going to be like, we're going to go home and watch the VHS mm -hmm. of, like, mm -hmm. if you even have a VHS player anymore, have mm -hmm. watch the VHS of the old school cartoon again anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, I can see myself seeing The Lion King, then when it coming out on DVD or whatever, and it being like, oh, it's out on DVD, me going, I'm going to watch the cartoon again just for fun or whatever, like, just because. Yeah. Which brings me to another uh, thought I had watching uh, Spider-Man, to go back to Spider-Man, and I, I, I agree, like, the, the, the CGI and the effects, again, I love that you can destroy London without destroying yeah. London, and, and, and just, you know, the shots of... Like, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're drone shots or they're completely CGI. And that's kind of what I like about CGI is how, how good it's become is you don't know they when they're, miniatures when too. you are, fly yeah. And when, like when the camera's kind of flying from Spider-Man's perspective through, yeah. through the towns and just like the sweeping, you know, the transitional shots of like from low to high to high building and then looking down and backwards and that kind and of thing. And they keep the camera realistic. Yeah, that's what I and, really that, like. and that's what I was watching too. I was like, okay, they would have had to. And that's the other thing is when you're storyboarding, each mm. frame you're thinking, okay, they have to get this shot to then put in the animation. You know, it'd be one thing to create it all in animation, but to get the actual real shot. Yeah. And and the the planning and and the the lighting and all that 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 takes, and then to bring in the animation, like yeah. this this the synchronization. That's what I'm saying. The synchronization of fake and real the augmented reality i guess aspect of it is you know is truly uh, uh you know if david blaine can hold his breath for 17 minutes or if you know if magicians can do these crazy unthinkable things like yeah it's it makes sense that you can do it in video and that's i think that is really cool yeah, um i agree and like like I'm sure that they used a drone for a lot of the shots i'm sure that they had like for the london and like blowing up london like a lot of that may have been practical. They may have used miniatures. Like, and if you, for the audience, if you don't know what a miniature is, it's basically a recreation of the city at a scaled down state. So you would have like the buildings be your waist height and then you would film and then you'd have this little detonation or explosion go off to blow the bridge up, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then you just film that. And you have the lighting, you have all the control you want, you film it, and then you add CG elements to, yeah. like, enhance the realism, you use green screen and stuff. So, I think they used a lot of that, like, combination-wise. And, like, yeah. and like talking about, like, keeping the camera real and, like, that kind of thing, like, I, that's why I can really appreciate Disney movies, because, it, like, it, like, you know it's filmed. You know that it's being filmed. So, you have to think about, as, like, the producers or the director, you have to think about... Okay, they know it's being filmed. They know it's a camera. So how does the camera react? Like, if we make a three-dimensional camera in this CGI space that can do whatever we want, people are going to see it being fake. One of the best examples I have is, like, Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim, the first one, was awesome. It was giant monsters. They were slow. Like, the camera was low or high, and, like, it was very realistic. Then in the second one, the machines were, like... 10 times faster yeah. and they would like like there was a scene when like all of them were drawing their weapons or something and it like it went from the one Jaeger to the other one to the other one and then like whipped to the other one and it like mm -hmm. moved in this really unrealistic way where like mm -hmm. some dude with like a gimbal would have to be like running and it was like really fake feeling mm -hmm. and it pulls you out of it being like oh like 
I know I'm watching a movie, but like I'm actually watching a movie now. I'm not immersed in the world that they've created. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing that I can really mm-hmm. appreciate with Spider-Man and them is like they make it seem so believable mm-hmm. and realistic that it's yeah. like this is happening. Like they're taking. I mean, and this segues into my next point is they're they are taking. Um, uh, the lead when it comes to, you know, a, uh, real life sort of animation, CGI like effects, and mm-hmm. I, I think they're definitely obviously obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't be the kingpins that they are in the industry if they weren't. So, um, and and that kind of leads me into my next point, which is not necessarily about uh, the graphics or the CGI, although I think they are incredible, is Star Wars. Um, but, but (laughs) what I want to say before you get into it, the thought I'm having is that, um, Star Wars is owned by Disney. Of course. Marvel Studios. Also owned by Disney. Also owned by Disney. I know what you're getting to. Begs the question. (laughs) Marvel, is it, is, is it, is, I'm tempted to say is, because I'm tempted to predict it, because here's the thing. (sighs) I, you know what you know what I'm getting at, and I'll just I'm not gonna rip the bandit off quite yet, but here's the thing, I'm watching Spider Man. A, they're making, they're making Star, Star Wars, Wars references. references in Spider Man, and freaking Nick Fury is in Star Wars. Just saying. Oh, I didn't even put that together. That's a whole. Here, but we'll get into that. But later. here's the thing: they are making <laughs> Star Wars references. Yeah. As the the references aren't like they're real. Pop they're pop cultural, so they're not real. Yeah. But. I don't know. This could be way too much, but here's the thing: the music is oddly Star Wars esque mm-hmm. in some of the scenes, where you're just like dun 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 dun, and then it changes or something. Like there's a some lot of the, how that happened, yeah. and the technology and the drone stuff that they're using, like the drones, similar, were yeah. just to me reminded me. I was trying to think of it. I was like, wait, that looks kind of like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So I've been saying. Is there a possibility? Is there a possibility of a crossover emerge? Uh, That's like so hard because obviously, like it's the same studio, so it's probably the same people who are recreating all the same things. Even though George Lucas and his people created the original Millennium Falcon, I'm sure that a lot of those guys are now working on both Marvel movies and Disney movies. So it could just be chalked up to it's like oh, like if one dude draws the face of five different people there's going to be similarities to it kind of idea where it's like if he draws a drone in a spaceship it's like that's true there's going to be similarities so it's kind of inevitable kind of inevitable because you're using the same people to create the same movies but like i think that disney strategically has been placing those star wars pop culture references in the films to be like we're not doing a crossover this is Hmm. Fake. I think that that's a strategic thing because that was a big thing because, uh, like, Marvel Comics has been creating and writing Star Wars comics. So in the comic world, Mm -hmm. they could very well cross over. But Mm. I think that Disney is strategically placing those lines in there to show that there's not going to be a crossover in the real world. And like I said, it drives me insane because I think that that was their mistake, though, because, like... Samuel Jackson is in both of them. Like Samuel Jackson is in everything. It, but like I know he's in like, every movie. But, and like Natalie Portman, like could you imagine if Thor watched like Star Wars episode 3? 
Could you imagine? He goes like, hang on. Hold up. Like, like she she acted in it? Like, what? I thought she was a scientist or whatever. But then sees... Right. Or, like, in episode two or whatever it is. Like, see, like episode three, like, sees Nick Fury chilling. And he's just like, <laughs> got, like, this That's is international spy That's of a good point. mystery. And he's... That's a really good point. Got a purple lightsaber. He died. Yeah, it's kind of um pulling... It's pulling a... What's the term? Pulling the curtain, you know, like... Yeah, it's... it's breaking that fourth, fourth wall. Breaking that fourth wall. Yeah. Totally. So, yeah. And I think it would be... I think it would be political like movie political suicide to merge the two. Yeah. I I think it would have people I think it would it would be very there would be two camps in it. There would be two very different viewpoints and like one would probably I think a younger generation would welcome it. The older generation, the purists, the believe you know, the believers, the the uh yeah, the allies yeah. or whatever, like they're gonna I can't I can't think of the term, but they're they're going to be up in... Oh, yeah. You know. Like, it would ruin everything that we know about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> really. With the references, yeah. one. Like, it's one of those... It like mess, it's a space-time continuum, like, completely yeah. messed up. Like, like, Marty McFly going back to the future and completely messing things up, space-time continuum. And instead of it being pop culture and then you, reality. Yeah, and then you come... That would, honestly, that would be like someone went back in time and just... Yeah. Mess like converted like put Stanley and George Lucas together to work on on yeah. it and then fast forwarding. So So okay, so let's say that they were to somehow want to do it. Let's say that they were like, Yeah, let's do this. Like what can we do to kinda hint towards it and stuff like that? In Star Wars you could have like a scroll, which is like the green dude. You just put him in the background somewhere. People will pick it apart and find it. So like you just put an alien yeah. character in Star Wars. Yeah, you Wars start to foreshadow. So you're like, okay, there's foreshadowing here. But then there's already been pop culture references towards Star Wars. Yeah. Then you have to play that whole card of like, oh, like it actually was based on reality. Yeah. And this was actually a real life thing that we based it on. It was here. just like we twisted it to be fake. And then all of a sudden the force becomes available to yep. Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, hang on. Yeah. If Spider-Man I, starts using the Force, I think I'm going to hurt. Here's the thing. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't... Yeah. Like, there are so many... To me, there's so many plot holes in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's videos and videos upon, like, you know, why this wouldn't work. This can't... This shouldn't have happened. This can't happen. And like, can a Easter lightsaber Easter. cut through Captain America's shield? Like, exactly. Like, that's the ultimate question Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Weapon, if Spider-Man's right? limping around and can bleed, why the heck hasn't his head been crushed to bits yeah. when he when buses and 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 he's smashing into walls so you're telling me he can't get crushed but like let's not even get into that because tony stark would have died a thousand times <laughs> exactly in iron man suit exactly like, when he was so, falling from the avengers tower and he like totally popped the suit on that it's the same as the, as yeah. the superman argument right a superman catching lois lane lois lane would have been split in two with his yeah. speed coming into yeah. it. same idea tony Stark going down which, he puts the suit which on, is why i don't this is why i don't love marvel and why i actually prefer star the star wars universe and i'm to me i'm not a i don't come from a comic book or or uh, uh lucasfilm star like i'm not a junkie i'm not a nerd like a, mm -hmm. a trek what do they call them 
What is Star Wars lovers? I was gonna say Trekkie, but that's like that's, that's no. Like, that's, oh, that's like that's, you don't do that. That's the end of the world. But you know what I mean. I didn't grow up loving Star Wars. I didn't grow up loving. I didn't like comic books, and so I never. I've never been into this stuff. So I might be a little yeah. biased in my opinions. But I actually I like do Star like the star, the storyline in Star Wars. And to me, it's more plausible in the sense that um, the availability of power is sort of given to all people. I mean, yeah. to a point where the to force point, can yeah. be nurtured in young Padawans, you know, yeah. young people, and that it's a choice, you know, that their decisions foster the growth of, of the force in a good way or bad way, where it's like superheroes, it's like... You got bit by a spider. Exactly. You got now bit, all of a sudden you're totally. impenetrable to everything where a Jedi... Yeah. You have you to can get it. injured. You can get yeah. chopped you can in die. pieces. Mace Windu can get electrocuted in yeah. a ball off the building and die kind of thing. Like, yeah. yes, I love Star Wars actually way more than I like superhero Marvel movies. Like, growing up, like, Star Wars was my jam. I actually have two lightsabers that are, like, battle-ready lightsabers. Like, you can whack each other. You can whack them, like, full force, and they won't break, and they light up and change colors, and they're fantastic, and they cost me a lot of money. <laughs> But, you need to bring those. Yeah, like, I love Star Wars. Star Wars is, like, one of my favorite things. And, like, being a huge Star Wars nerd, people always ask me about the debate between the prequels, the originals, and, the like, the new ones, like, set, like episodes 7, 8, and 9. Like, ugh, it's ridiculous. So, like, with the original movies, they're old. Like, that's just how it is. Like, they are old movies. They're fantastic movies, but they're old. You can tell, like, it's that old school way of filming a movie. And, but like, they did on, um, like, even to this did day. super, super well. Even to this day. But, with everyone being like, wow, like, they broke ground with their, like, visualizations and stuff like that. It's true. The ships, the flying through space, and those were miniatures also. Like, all that kind of stuff was, like, groundbreaking. It was fantastic. Like, a lightsaber, like, that was unheard of in terms of, like, CGI. What kind of sucks is that George Lucas actually went back after... I can't even remember how long it was, but after technology caught up to what he wanted, he went back and redid some of the scenes in the movies. Like... Job of the Hutt in the original movies was oh, a yeah. big fat dude with like a vest on and that's who he was yeah. and that was it. Then they had to, he had to CGI that whole scene that he already filmed and already released the movie of. He had to go back, CGI Job of the mm-hmm. Hutt in and like adjust things mm-hmm. and for certain things he actually kind of like made it a lot worse like when they're mm-hmm. going through Tatooine and like going into the, like the city and stuff that's there and like walking through that and they have like some of the huge creatures that weren't even in the shot before Mm -hmm. like it kind of sucks because like honestly he should have left them out Mm -hmm. so a lot of people argue like well george lucas kind of ruined those ones by going back to edit them to the extent that he did which Mm kind of sucks they're still really good movies the prequels like i liked them which is like really not a good thing to say when you're talking to star wars people but i like the prequels like Episode one wasn't great, but that's just because the story wasn't great. Dude, dude, pod racing? That was so cool. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Like, they had elements Amazing. in it. And the fight between Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Darth Maul, whew, so cool. Darth Maul, 
Well, yeah. badass villain. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have this was part of my language, but like he didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to do anything, but he was like so cool. Like he was awesome, totally. and he fought like totally. Obi Wan Kenobi and Qui Gon Jinn at the same time. Totally. Like, that was epic. Like totally. that was such a cool scene. So like, there's a lot of really really sweet things that came out of that one. Story wise, maybe not the strongest, but whatever. Episode two, whatever. It's a thing. It had to set up episode three. Episode three is my favorite Star Wars movie ever. It was so good. Like, Anakin going to the dark side. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, Ewan McGregor just being awesome. And, like, he's my favorite character. And, like, just that whole thing. Like, I thought that was so good. The gripping story of that they were brothers and that they got torn apart. And, like, all these things was super, really, really good and great. And then, seven, eight... And then nine coming in December, like seven, I loved it. I mm-hmm. thought it was so good, and so many people didn't like it. And I'm just see like, that's a movie. Like, what's wrong? With yeah, you? and I honestly I don't remember. Like I'm not very good at necessarily remembering like the details and the storyline, all that. Like all, but I do remember coming out and being like, I would watch that again. It was I like I would watch. I watched that again. it not that long ago. Like, like I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was good. No, and, and I, I the special effects are insane. Um, Andrew Kramer, who is like a really big visual effects artist, um, he did that scene with like the map popping up. Mm-hmm. He did that whole scene, and it is so good watching it again. Like it is such a good scene. Like they have like bokeh of these yeah. holograms in the back, yeah. and they made them yeah. anamorphic yeah. because they shot it on an anamorphic lens. So like they had to think about all that yeah. with like the bokeh being that yeah. little skewed and like. Having yeah. everything, like, the, the detail, like, having the characters walk through it, like, yeah. everything was so... Yeah, fun. yeah. Like, that was so... Yeah, it, it totally blurs the line on what's real and what's not, you know, and what's a, what's a set and what's real and what's green screen and, um, you know, what's a real character, what's not, and, you know, that's incredible. And I, I always wonder, like, okay, if we came this far in 20 years, you know, from the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire to this Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, from the old Star Wars to the new, like, even the, the prequel Star Wars to these Star Wars, like, yeah. in 20 years, like, where, where is it going to, so I guess maybe let's maybe end with that, is, like, where are we going to be in 20 years? Like, what, what, how is, what's the movie experience going to be like? I don't even know. Like, that's so hard to say. Like, everything's just getting better with the programs coming out that are available to people, like, like Blender is like a 3D animation software that can do so many things and it's completely free. So anyone has access that can learn it. So that means that there's hundreds on thousands, possibly millions of people who can just learn how to do it and then they could become the best at it, you know? So then you have even more people at your disposal. So what I think is going to happen is in 20 years, we might not see, we're going to see improvements of quality and like, everything like everything is going to be able to look a lot more real people are going to like be able to better make like like the iron man suit look like even more real than it does kind of thing but what i i don't necessarily i think it's going to go up a little bit but i what i think is going to get even better is the time in which it takes to be able to do it and the accessibility Mm. to the like oh the masses the like masses kind of thing like i think so like like smaller out Create yeah, out, like us like being us. able to create an Iron Man suit if we felt like it kind of thing mm-hmm. in a reasonable amount of time with obviously knowledge and a learning curve, but like mm-hmm. 
be able to actually do it without being like, oh my God, we have to spend like a hundred thousand dollars just to create what we want to. Yeah. Um, and like the time I think it takes is going to go a lot faster. Like computers Mm -hmm. have come leaps and bounds. So it's like, everything's just going to speed up. So we're going to get a movie turnaround. Like they're going to film it in what, like two months and then it's going to come out two weeks later when normally it takes six months after filming. Right. To like yeah, the frequency of these kinds of movies are gonna be, are gonna be. It's gonna be flavor of the week. It's just like so quick. Yeah. So quick and turn around and yeah that but yeah so that's yeah that that's exciting and yeah. also it makes it you know it the, you get these things gets you get so saturated the the, the the market or whatever is so saturated with these kinds of films that I think we become desensitized and so it's easy for me to start you know poo pooing on on fantastic films just because like mm-hmm. I've I'm so used to it you know I'm so used to CGI I'm so used to Marvel and so, so I begin to become desensitized and I, I start you know we start not appreciating yeah. the amazing things that are going into these these new movies and it's nice um, that Star Wars has kind of stopped releasing a movie every single year that they're lengthening it a little bit so mm-hmm. we're not going to get as desensitized to Star Wars movies as we are to Marvel movies because there's like two that release a year yeah no it's true and i thought about that too and i remember the days when you had to wait you know you had to wait till the next christmas to do the movie like a whole year or yeah longer like like, after i saw infinity war and to be like oh endgame's just coming out in march like like i don't want to (laughs) sign infinity war but it's just it it, what was it like it was six months it was about a year was it about a year yeah it was about a year a year year doesn't feel that long anymore but endgame and spider-man that was like, oh, yeah. like Endgame is still in theaters and they release Spider Man. Oh, stupid, like, stupid, like, and they have to put these, they have to put these stupid warnings that like, and who's gonna, who's gonna believe Tom Holland in the first place? The biggest spoiler. Oh on, yeah. So the fact that like to me, I thought it was a joke, right? Don't watch this trailer. Don't watch this trailer. Like, I wonder how many people watch the trailer being like, oh, that's funny, you know, that's funny. But like, he was serious. It was like actually. Don't guys, watch this. Don't do it. Yeah, we could. That's like a whole other discussion on. On the 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 quantity yeah. of quality and that kind of thing, but so I guess one other thought just before in terms of you know the future, what you know we've talked about like a little bit of technology. Do you think the viewing experience is gonna say stay the same where you're sitting here and you're looking at a screen in front of you? Is virtual reality gonna come into play? You know, I always thought like, would it be mm. cool? And I don't know how you do this, but would it be cool? to be in a like you're watching a movie but it's a 3d experience so like you can you're looking at one you're looking straight ahead and you're looking at a character talking to another character but if you want to see the the reverse angle you can mm. like turn and like look at the person answer so it's almost like you're a kick you're almost like a character in the movie and maybe i don't know i think to some degree that is already done in yeah. a lot of these virtual reality experiences but yeah it beca- like, could it become more mainstream where you're going to see seth rogan you know, yeah. In, in a so movie. like, I went to the Star Wars. Of course, I went to the Star mm-hmm. Wars uh, virtual reality experience that they had at the rec room, mm-hmm. and it was the coolest thing I had ever experienced. You put on the goggles, you put on this suit, and you walk into this room, and like, then what you're seeing is all fake, until you go and you touch the robot, and the robot's there. Oh really? And you're like, oh my god! And then you like see a gun, and then you reach out, and you grab the gun, and you have to take the gun with you. Oh, wow. And then you shoot, and yeah, then it's yeah. like, 
oh my yeah you're like huh what is like yeah yeah, yeah. like your mind just can't handle it because they've hit all the senses right. they have heat coming down right. they have wind blowing really? they have all these things it's like like you walked yeah, yeah, yeah. out onto a lava bridge right and you felt heat coming right, from the lava right. and it's like so it's, it's very the, immersive experience right. so it's not it's not that it's a movie it's an experience it's an actual experience so i think that that may become more popular as an experience but as not an as experience. movie i think in terms of movies what i'm waiting for is them to steer out of going from projections and that the whole movie theater screen is going to be an actual screen like an oled visual screen that can like produce pixels and have everything yeah. as opposed to a projection i think that may be like the next kind of step in movie viewing movie viewing kind of experiences because i mean it really has always been about immersing as much as you can like imax is all about like yeah. maximizing the screen yeah the screen so that when you yeah. look at it you, there's nothing in your peripheral you know it's yeah. like it takes up the majority so i think they've always tried to put people in it and i guess that's where like i mean this is a whole again a whole different discussion but this is where like disneyland you know becomes an experience where you like are going to the set you know you're you can go and make a lightsaber yeah like you oh. become and so you do you become part yeah. of the story and so it's like yeah that's what I think what they've always been trying to do. So I would love to, to, to check out some more of those v virtual reality experiences. They were super cool. That um, was like one of the coolest things I'd ever done. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But. So I guess uh, we've talked for a long time. Thanks. Uh, two minutes. Thanks for, uh, I mean, you'll probably be a regular guest on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, this has been our first, this has been Brock Crichton and, Lance Clark. Doing uh, a first podcast slash test podcast. Of... This probably, probably ends up being the first episode. <laughs> this Who might knows? be the first episode. This might be a future we, episode we, that we just bank later on. We could, yeah, we covered a lot of topic, and uh, we're excited to have these kinds of conversations. So we are wanting feedback. Um, if you've made it this far, uh, great. You obviously have some opinions that you agree with, you don't agree with. Um, feel free to comment. Uh, I don't know what people are going to be able to do with this. Though they can like it or they can uh, yeah, share it. Yeah, you can it. leave reviews. You can leave comments. It's going to be available while podcasts are available. So like on iTunes, you can leave comments and reviews. Um, yeah. And yeah, and, so, and definitely if you have topics or things you want to discuss about questions about the industry or about movies, about technology, I mean, we're... Or primarily, um, you know, I'm a photographer, uh, videographer. I've been working, uh, you know, as a, as a kind of a solo artist for, for a dozen years. And um, Lance has a background as well. And, and um, we've, you know, we're, we're looking to looking to continue forward. And, and, you know, we love, we love talking media. We love talking all this kind of stuff because it applies to what we do. And, and we know it's becoming know more prevalent out there too so we're uh it's we're a bit of a shape shifter i think a little bit yeah. kind of like this the end. one we kind of we put our introductions at the end next time yes. we'll do the introductions at the beginning we're so it makes the, more sense we're into the iron <laughs> yeah we're into the ironies though that's yeah we like those those parts of storytelling so anyway thanks so much for uh tuning in and um hopefully we'll uh you'll be hearing you'll we'll be seeing you again <laughs> in, in a way that you can do that on the internet yeah so in an audio setting you'll see us 
again. <laughs> yeah. In an audio setting, coming to coming to you. Coming to an your ears coming and to AirPods soon. <laughs> coming to the eardrums soon. Okay. We will uh, work on our comedy and uh, come back come back to this later. Peace. Thanks again. Take care.